news now. Oh, now no one's talking. I Can anybody it. else not hear Mark? <laughs> so I guess I will, while Mark figures out what's going on with his microphone, welcome to Nerd News Now, the one where Mark is muted. Now am I unmuted? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, what? what's funny is what I was saying is, is everyone else in a, in a food coma? And I really was, because I didn't even notice I was muted. Well, welcome in, everybody. How's everyone's Is my video frozen? Oh, go ahead. No, you're, you're good. We're just like... I, we false started, and now we're all in a weird spot. Yeah, it's the tryptophan, I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's the tryptophan. I, I got... But yeah, I got, I got Kyle, Miss Jen, and Brainy... And myself, we're all four here, uh, so I assume we all survived Thanksgiving. Kyle, how many of the uh, 24 turkeys did you get? We wound up catering 30 different Thanksgivings. Wow. Nice. Um, we only had one turkey for ourselves, but we also had a 20-pound brisket and eight pounds of sausage. And uh, what was the other meat we had? Oh, we wound up with a ham. Somebody so brought you... a ham. It's not like we made the ham. Somebody just shows up with a ham. Yeah. And so in my you're... family, you're never going to get kicked out of the house if you bring a ham. I don't care what you've done or like, <laughs> you know, if you, oh, you, you killed me. You're still welcome in my house if you bring a ham. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you put it in, in your turducken? The H is silent, so you can really fit the uh, moniker for the uh, ham anywhere in there, like turduck ham or whatever. The, uh, we did not do the turducken. No, that's disappointing. No, um, for game day, we did some other stuff. Woo, was that me? Hmm? Something just quit out. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what about, uh, did you at least, like, mix the brisket in, into the turkey, though? No. No, okay. You're from right. Texas, Mark. That is, I am, that yeah. is, like. A, a brisket does not get mixed with any other food unless it's a taco. You know this. Like it's like a it's like a law there. Uh, no, I mean bread. If I mean bread's okay, not really yeah, a food. Bre right. Bread's this not really I mean, a food. Though. Bread's not really a food. No. And I mean, you could you could have like brisket stew, but it's still brisket something. Yeah. You know, and then it's uh, you know uh, you get brisket tacos, brisket sandwiches. Um, brisket omelet. Those are always pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, breakfast tacos. Tor Torchies makes. Do you have a Torchies there? Finally. Uh, they are opening two. Uh, two and a half hours away from me. Okay, so not yet. But anyway, they make a. They make a good uh breakfast taco with brisket. Which I don't know what the brisket will be like up there, but it's good down here. I'm just trying to get a sheets. You guys don't have sheets down there, but. Sheets is the greatest carryout that isn't named Bucky's in the world. What is what is Sheets? It's Bucky's only with less departments. Oh, okay. Like uh, they don't have the clothing and other collectibles department, <laughs> right? But it's basically Bucky's. But they got kolaches and bakery and barbecue sandwiches and all that. Yeah, they got all that kind of stuff. Processed bad candy, uh, delicious. And weirdly named snacks. And do they have weird billboards, though? Uh, no, because they're, they're like, their last name is Sheets. Yeah. Like S-H-E-E-T-Z. 
mm-hmm. and it's Ohio, so um, people would turn it into a swear. Sure, but see, the only Bucky, thing we have, the only yeah, thing we but, have more more of here than cows and people is spray paint to uh, get on billboards and overpasses and. Well, that's that why their marketing team would have to beat that to the punch and incorporate it. That's what Bucky's would do. Bucky's has some pretty vile uh, billboards. <laughs> it's true. But they also have boudin kolaches, so uh, I, I will brave a Bucky's for that. Um, especially from, like, a place that all they ever talk about is their bathrooms. It's weird to want food from there, but I still do. It's fair. What about uh, Miss Jen? How did your week go? It was good. I had a good time with my family. Um, I haven't seen my nephew and niece for almost two years now. So they have grown exponentially. And so my nephew is the oldest. He's 10 and has become obsessed with football. So every spare moment, he would say, Aunt Jen, will you go outside and play football with me? It was refreshing because I'm so used to kids being like, I want to be the quarterback, which, you know, is definitely what ants always want to be because it means no running. <laughs> and he likes to be the, you guys are going to have to tell me what the position is, the guy who goes and tries to block the dude from receiving the ball. So just knocks it out of the air. Whoever the that defensive is. back. The yeah. defensive back, yeah. Cornerback, yeah. safety. And so we had a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time outside, which I don't normally get to do. And it was great weather. It was a little cold, but not freezing and not super wet. So I was so happy. It was good stuff. And Brainy, how about you? Um, we had an interesting. We had to end, uh, actually cancel our festivities. Um, you know, the morning of Thanksgiving, we get a phone call say, uh, from one of the people participating. Hey, we tested positive. Uh, so yeah, we basically. Uh, instead of everybody getting together, we just decided to have our own Thanksgiving in our own homes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I lazied out, geeked out, uh, watched a bunch of TV shows, caught up on um, Hit Monkey, watched um, a few episodes of Hawkeye, got back into Doctor Who. Oof, man, I don't know if that's a mistake or not. <laughs> I, I suggested you get back into it, um, and then I saw the fifth episode yesterday. But anyway, what's done is done. Too well, late. I, I'm I'm back to season one of the new series, or you know, with the ninth Doctor or eighth Doctor, or whatever he is now. So I'm starting the entire thing over, and I figure by the time I finish, I might be able to watch the new season and see how that's going. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, it'll be over next week. That'll be it, episode, episode six is next week. And then they got the Christmas special where they introduce a new doctor. Mm, I'm not sure if they're doing it then because they have her signed on for three specials total. So that may not be for a while. And those are going to be spread out. So they may not be for a while. They're going to time it with the 60th anniversary. Yeah, figures. I, I, I can I can picture that. I, I can so, make sense too. So either way, you have well, a while. To bring, to bring Russell Davies back. Yeah, and to bring in a new doctor for the 60th makes a lot of sense. To try to rush it before that would be weird. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's just... a lot of. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's a lot of time to you know try to span just one season. Now, yeah, that's. But yeah, either their audience is not clamoring as they used to, 
or maybe they've accepted the fact that it's getting harder for them to shoot because of COVID or whatnot. Maybe both. I don't know. Or I mean, I think at some point Brexit was going to have a play in some of this because of the way TV's funded over there. But I don't know. I'm just curious to see if the new doctor is an old doctor, if they would even go that route. Old as in so, age old, or old as in uh, one of the someone things. that played it before, tenant basically. <laughs> oh, I, well, the rumor is that it's going to be Eccleston. Well, that would be phenomenal, but he obviously Eccleston, had a big falling out. Well, no, he wanted to do more. Right. But he had the terrible G.I. Joe movie to go make. <laughs> and so he agreed to come in and do one year uh, until David Tennant was ready to get off of his Royal Shakespeare Company contract where he was playing Hamlet. By the way, you can still stream his Hamlet on PBS for free. If you're into such things, it's amazing. It's the definitive Hamlet. Um, but Eccleston, I see, this is how I think they're going to pull it off, right? They have three more specials with Jodie Whittaker. The 60th anniversary is 2023. It's basically already 2022. Like, even if they start, even if it's already shot, it's not going to air this year because they're not going to air something between the season and the Christmas special. So now you're into 2022. So if you did a once a quarter... Something first quarter, something you know. That's three specials. Now you're you're in the fourth quarter next year, and you're looking at the 60th anniversary. You're looking at the 60th anniversary right around the corner in 2023. So that's when you do a one shot movie style with maybe a couple of actors like they did for the 50th. You know, and now you're into the you're into 2023 with a, you know a new doctor, even if it's an old doctor. Um, I think it makes sense from a production and scheduling standpoint. Yeah, I just don't know if they'll go that way or not, or if they want another new person to try to stick around five years, but that isn't what happened the last two times. So I just, I would like everyone involved. I mean, that's around. I mean, and I'm talking about everyone. Like, go back to, you know, the Baker was in the 50th for a second, and that was good enough. Like, depending on everyone's health and all that, I uh, I just want to see something like that. But those, the David Tennant specials were some of the best episodes of Doctor Who, and they arguably gave us the best Doctor Who companion of all time in the form of Kylie Minogue. So, I, I, I hopefully they're all standalone. Uh, the there are three aliens. Well, okay, other than the big ones, like one shot aliens that I can remember, mm-hmm. in 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 Doctor Who, and one of them is from the Kylie Minogue episode, and it's uh uh the little guy with the red spiky head. And now that I'm talking about him, I'm not gonna be able to think of his name. I, I remember him. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's not going to come to me now, and it's going to make me mad. I can visualize him. I just can't think of his name. Right. I can't even visualize him. Wait, wait, what? My favorite yeah. character looks like a thumb. <laughs> the, yeah, but I mean, I think either way they go, um, it's a good choice. Because they need to shake up the show, I think. You know, the the last season was okay, 
The New Year's special was really good, but like missed on a couple of key points. And then this Flux miniseries thing is actually pretty good because they're incorporating everything fairly well. But I feel like it's going to end like a hot mess because there's only one more episode. Banna Cavalada. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who was the actor for that? Uh, Jimmy V. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, he's played a bunch of do- different Doctor Who, uh, people, but right. Uh, yeah. They yeah. definitely recycle actors for, but the sure. other great thing, the other great thing that came out of the Kylie Minogue Christmas special is, um, they shot the, uh, the video for when David Tennant left, uh, with the pretenders. Oh, really? Yeah. And so a lot of people who are only in that episode show up in that video. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. How did I? Uh, if you look up David Tennant, The Pretenders, um, was it th- oh, a thousand miles or 5,000 miles, 500 miles? 500 miles. 500 miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll I did all the math. Later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check that out later. Um, but yeah, so sorry to hear about that, Brainy. That sucks. I mean, that's I guess that's holidays during a pandemic, but at least they were uh, being that party was being responsible, you know. Yep. Yeah, and we you know we all tried it because uh, some of us did. Uh, I wouldn't say we were in contact with them, but just to be on the safe side, we decided to go um, get tested. But of course, they're like, "Oh no, you guys got to have to wait five days before you can get tested." And you're not yeah. showing any symptoms at all. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah. We were trying to do the responsible thing, but okay, we won't argue with you guys. Um, you know, the other thing I try to do this weekend, I, I'm like, hey, I'm catching up on a movie, so why don't I catch up on a trilogy I have not watched yet? So I decided to go look up uh, John Wick and see which streaming service has John Wick. Of all the streaming services I have, none of them have John Wick streaming for free. So I, I, I asked a group of my friends, like, hey, anybody have it? Like, well, go to Voodoo. They have it on special. You can get all, all of them for like $8 or something like that. So I log on to Voodoo to realize I already own all three copies. <laughs> I just haven't watched them. That's pretty bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so did you watch it then? Did you watch it? No, uh, probably watch it this week um, just so I can catch up for number four. I, I figured it's time I start watching those. Yeah, I would have guessed that if it was on one streaming service, it would have been on Dog TV. That's the one that makes the most sense, I think. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think, I'm not subscribed to them. No, I know. That's the one I'm not. I'm still not subscribed. I, I don't understand how... I mean, I understand from a technical aspect why Quibi did not survive. Because they came out and people were like, why would I sit here on this couch during a pandemic and watch this on my phone? But I also do not understand how Dog TV has survived this long at, at the price rate of eleven ninety nine. <laughs> I, I guess I, there are really uh, the dog lovers are just people are stupid. Uh, I, yeah, but your dog's not going to know the difference. Uh, that's the thing is that's what I understand. It I, seems sure. like something that should have been incorporated into like you know, an Xfinity bonus app or, or Roku, you know, a, a free app on 
on Roku because they had some good ideas like how to prepare your dog for fireworks and things like that. But I just I don't I just don't understand. Mm-mm. Founded back February thirteenth, twenty twelve, and and still kicking. Wow, that is uh that is really old. It's like sixty three years old in dog years. You have to keep in mind they probably aren't paying any royalties whatsoever for all those videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean it just looks like very generic content is the thing. So it, it could also be, and again, not trying to sound like an a hole, but it could be you know some senior citizens who signed up for it just to see what it was all about and just totally forgot and are paying a monthly fee just to keep that place going, not even realizing it. Yeah. Uh, it it does look like they've done a little bit of reworking and they have an economical six ninety nine a month level subscriber level now. Well, do they have a free trial? Maybe we should go on there and see what it's all about. They, they do have a free trial. <laughs> yeah, I mean Mark, I've been talking about this thing for two years yet. now, so yeah, they do have a free trial. Oh boy, I don't get it. I'll never think, get it. I don't know. I think, I think it is our civic duty to sign up for the free trial to see what content they have and i believe some of us do have dogs that can you know vouch for it yeah i gotta <laughs> yeah. wait till i dog sit when the next time i dog sit i'll do it because wait is this a channel that's designed for dogs to enjoy yeah yeah dog tv okay. i've mentioned it before and I, I don't understand how it's still around or how it's made it through the pandemic or anything but it's basically geared for dogs when you leave the house and I, I know that there's um like dog therapists that that tell you how to help your dogs handle situations better whenever the holidays approach. There's like videos that are supposed to ease them into firework celebrations and things like that. But I I don't know. I don't understand. But apparently someone's been paying for this because like I said, it's been around nine years. <laughs> Hell, the uh, amount of free publicity we just gave them in this 10-minute talk about this obscure app is probably more than their entire advertising budget. I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I I mean, I think that should be the, the lone sponsor of uh, Nerd News Now, really. I <laughs> I would push for that. But, but you got to understand, this isn't just like shows for dogs. These are shows that that are scientifically designed programs. That are, that are scheduled based on our assessments of a dog's daily cycle, Kyle. That's their mission statement. They're I designed to keep your dog happy throughout the day. Um, uh, yeah. I don't care <laughs> at all, like, remotely, uh, because what? dogs make me itchy. Yeah. What if it ends up that I have the same type of, of daily cycle that a dog does, and it just, like, fits in perfectly with my life? It could. Maybe, maybe this is the one thing missing. This could this could fix everything. I was intrigued enough to go to their website and check it out. They've got some photos of dogs. I, I do not know any dog that will do this. <laughs> that would be no. to a television set. It's scientific programming. I like I like how that's like the one. Like you go you go to you go to their programs and you think you're gonna get like full descriptions of stuff and it's just like. 
this this is scientific based. Don't worry about it. Like we got you. We did all this research. All right. Well, um, I need to find out why it's free dog TV for everybody in Denmark. I, I have no I have no idea. They they allow dogs and restaurants and everything there. It's really sweet. I actually I thought it would be like scary to have giant dogs in there, but they just like lay down under the table because they know what they're doing. They're like, I know how to behave. Right. I think this I is like, like that situation from Parks and Rec where Eagleton bought the whole town HBO. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Country of Denmark bought the whole country dog TV. It might it might be either that or, or dog TV is like PBS over there. I don't know what's going on. It's it could uh, be well, okay. All right, hold on. Mark right. Mark invoked the three letter network. Um did you guys know that if you want to stream most PBS shows, you have to pay them? Yeah. I hate that. I didn't. Oh. What what PBS one PBS is not even on my cable subscription anymore, which I thought PBS was like one of those channels that you got whether you wanted it or not by like governmental fiat. I thought so too. No, well, not on my cable anymore, which is wild. So yeah. I want to go on and watch Ken Burns baseball because I need something to get away from my family and watch at Thanksgiving. And what do they want? Sixty five dollars. I year? could buy it on Amazon cheaper. No, you know, just for that through PBS. What? That that, that has been a, a point that people have been trying to make about PBS lately. It's like, hey, well, how is it that government's paying for most of the shows on there where shows like Sesame Street's making billions of dollars off of, li- off of licensing and, you know, that's going to privately okay. own people? So I, I can answer those questions. Ooh. Uh. Yeah, and I know this only because I know dumb stuff like this. Uh, so Sesame Street is not funded by the government. Sesame Street is funded by Sesame Workshop, which is owned by HBO, which is why they get to keep the money on those things. The only thing PBS actually makes are their news programs. Everything else is syndicated. What PBS does is repackage a lot of it with the permission of the syndicator. So, for instance, if you're on there watching and they're showing a concert and they take a break in the middle to say, hey, we this is our pledge drive. Here, buy these pledge and we'll give you these things. That's part of their syndication deal. Uh, these things are licensed to PBS for free for syndication and in exchange, PBS gets to make money off of them and then these production companies get the tax write-off. So it's it's how PBS can afford to have a documentary starring a former Batman talking about Mr. Rogers. And I said a former Batman because I couldn't remember Michael Keaton's name for a second. Really? Oh, that's sad. Well, he got his start on Mr. Rogers. Yeah. So he hosted this documentary and I looked it up and the documentary cost millions of dollars to make. Oh, wow. You know, right. Michael Keaton's the only one you can say, at this point at least, that he is a former Batman and a future Batman. Yeah. He really is. So right. anyhow, these companies these companies get to make their money back because they make the shows and just donate them to PBS. Um, then the government subsidies cover the cost of operating the broadcast 
infrastructure? Well, I went to PBS's website with the promise of being able to watch baseball episode nine. And uh, it says this video is not available in your area. So it looks like you'd probably have to be in Denmark to watch this. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why public broadcasting. I understand everything you just said. I get that, but like it, it should still be free. And, right. and also Ken Burns, anything should be available to everyone at all times. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, can we talk about another big piece of news that came out this week? No, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, we want what? to talk about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Showgirls takes place in the Saved by the Bell universe. Whoa, wait. So, okay, okay. I'm going to do the Zach Morris. Time out. I have not been able to watch the new season yet. Uh, I know I rattled it off as one of those things that came out last week. Um, so I'm going to mentally prepare just to take, I'll take the L on that. So you can go ahead and say whatever you want. I, have you seen it yet? No, I have. No, I was hoping that you had watched it so you could explain to me how this works. Oh, so are we, so no, I have not seen it yet. No, I was, yeah, I just uh, saw the headline and went, wait, what? Yeah. Jesse Spano is actually Elizabeth Berkeley's character in Showgirls. I hope so. It I seems don't like understand. It, it, it seems like a route that that show would go. I'm sure it's just a non sequitur, like that they just toss to and then toss back. But just to establish that, I, I but here's what I really want to know: Does I, they might have mentioned this in season one, actually? So does that also mean that Zach Morris has a law degree under a, the surname Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> From Franklin uh, Bash. No, because he was always operating under Bash's law degree. He was just like a con artist. Okay, well, but Zach Morris Wait, is a con artist, so I'm saying I think I think that would be the same thing. I bet you he was a lawyer. He did mention that, though. I think he did say, I practiced law for a second or something like that in season one. So, No, I haven't seen it yet, and I know they're probably going to do a Dustin Diamond tribute and some other there were headlines things. about that that i ignored um yeah but the showgirls because, thing you're like oh okay <laughs> well it's the headline is saved by the bell reveals jesse's showgirls career is canon <laughs> yeah I, I need to watch that immediately i was not prepared See, and you were wasting your time trying to watch life. like PBS shows. You should have been just immediately gone to <laughs> by the back. Hey, um, um, <laughs> um knowledge, uh, the knower of uh, everything that's weird. What started the term canon? Uh, As referring to something that belongs in the universe. Do you know the answer to this? No, I'm asking you the Our answer. To Hold oh, on. Sorry, what was that, Jen? I think it's about being canonized. I think it's a uh, a religious reference. Interesting. That's my guess. But Kyle will find the actual answer. <laughs> I found 12th century, but then I found out I spelled canon wrong, and it was about the actual canon. <laughs> Uh, looks like looks like uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, in reference to Sherlock Holmes. 
The use of the word canon originated in reference to a set of texts derived from biblical canon. The set of books regarded as scripture as constrated with the non-canonical apocrypha. The term was first used by analogy in the context of fiction to refer to the Sherlock Holmes stories and novels written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as constrated. That doesn't sound They're like misspelling. Real- I figured it out. They misspelled contrasted on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also there's also a section on the Wikipedia called canonicity, and I've never heard of that. Canonicity? That's yeah, not- yeah, that, yeah, that, no. I, I don't, I've never heard the word canonicity. All right, I'm going to read sounds- about canonicity. Hold on. It's like, uh, how, can- that- by the way, canonicity is the spinoff band of Scrantonicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Canonicity sounds like a soft rock album title from the 80s or something. No, no, it's the the new Darren Star uh, show. (laughs) (laughs) It it looks like, well, as far as like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Canonicity is the process by which you determine whether or not something is canon. You're uh, you're figuring out its canonicity. I would so say for when there are multiple purposes, official works or yeah. other media or original media, the question of what is canonical can be unclear. This is resolved either by explicitly or either by explicitly excluding certain media from the status of canon, as in the case of Star Trek and Star Wars, by assigning different levels of canonicity two different media, as was the case with Star Wars before the franchise was purchased by Disney. By considering different but licensed media treatments, official and equal canonical to the series timeline of its own continuities universe, but not across them. So if I were to send that to my lawyer, he would say, it's saying this thing is, this thing is canon, but not as much as this other thing. Yeah. So is Disney saying some of the extended universe is canon, but not all of it? Like, does does Sting's solo album career exist outside of the police, and how much? And was it all just a follow-up to synchronicity, which they never really matched anyway? Canonicity was Sting's first solo album. Just kidding, it wasn't. How do we get down this rabbit trail? I now have I now have uh, fields of gold stuck in my head. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what canon's all about. But yeah, yeah, I should have figured that as far as like our purposes, that Star Trek and Star Wars would have been that first thing where people really were asking, "Wait, did this happen?" Because you have all the the novels and and comics and everything else, uh, and those were very big. Now I don't know what all Sherlock Holmes stuff was going on back then for it to even come up in the conversation. Uh, other than, I guess, maybe people I just th- asking, hey, did these shorts, are they related? Uh, I think, and I, I'd have to look this up too, but I remember hearing this story, and I don't know if it's apocrypha or not, that other people were writing Sherlock Holmes stories because yeah, it was probably. so popular. Who Fan weren't fiction. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? While yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was writing Sherlock Holmes stories, so he had to say, "No, these are the ones, and those are some other people." 
were they so so you're talking about they were writing fan fiction and passing it off as yes they were putting his <laughs> name on it and trying to pass it as real that's interesting i guess i don't know couldn't... that that story is real it might that yeah. story might be apocrypha but i i remember having heard that story oh and the most recent doctor who there was a guy that was alienated from everyone for 20 years and and they found him at the top of this mountain and he was like yeah the new the new story from conan doyle so obviously very popular enough to imagine that a guy that was removed from society for 20 years really just cared about what sherlock holmes was up to so i can definitely see fanfic being real and a lot of fanfic I would say probably 99.99999 fanfic would be unreadable, but there has to be like a few cases for every fanfic that's ever been written uh, where it's probably better. So, okay, let's, let's, let's ask this question. Define fan fiction. So here, cause here's my question. If I write a Sherlock Holmes story today, is that fan fiction or is that a Sherlock Holmes story? Because the original author is no longer creating them. Well, if you don't have a, I, I think it, I think. Fan so here's where this question really comes down, right? It. Yeah. Is Tom King's Batman fan fiction or not? No, because he's licensed no. to do it. Yeah, it's licensed. I don't know. And and it's a canon as well, so. I don't know. I mean, that's because there for a minute, there for a minute, we were saying everything that Timothy Zahn had ever written in the Star Wars universe was fan fiction. Well, that's not us saying it; that's Disney's saying. But that's it's not canon, so it's fan fiction. Even though he was licensed to do it when he did it. This is this is the problem with calling this a problem with calling this stuff fan fiction, right? Yeah, uh, there has to be another term. I think I don't know what that term is. Usually, usually refers to something that's not licensed that people are doing it without permission, and not monetizing it at all. Um, I would agree with that generally, but, yeah, but yeah. based on based on literally what we just read about canon, <laughs> it makes Let's it a gray area. Gen- you know. I think that we're going to have to leave it to time for a little bit, right? Because some of this stuff shakes out, just like NFTs is going to shake out, it's going to shake out as what the future generations feels like about it. But it, it raises a very good point in, as far as comic books are concerned. Um, because a lot of creators go out of continuity on many titles you know, when they're doing their runs. So does that become canon or not? You know? Um, or do we need another infinite crisis to basically wipe everything off and bring it all back? And it never disappeared. So everything that happened between Flashpoint and, uh, what was it, New 52? Does that exist or is that fan fiction? Well, it's interesting. There's stuff. Neil Gaiman has said that there are parts of Sandman that he wishes were just considered fan fiction. Because they don't add anything to the Sandman storyline. But he had issues to write, so he wrote them. (laughs) I wonder Um, wonder if Dead Boy Detectives was one of those. uh, Isn't isn't that what a filler is? A filler issue? 
where it, it doesn't well, it's, with them. I, I was reminded of this statement that he made when I was listening to the audiobook. The last chapter of the audiobook is a the great. Uh, I I can remember holding the original issue. Um, it was the one where uh, the the king of Baghdad gives Dream the golden city of Baghdad because he wants it to live forever, and so Dream puts it in a bottle. This beautiful issue of comic books that does nothing to add to the story. And and so it's Neil Gaiman's like, I kind of wish that wasn't canon because it would clean up Sandman and they'd be able to make it a better show or movie. Well, wouldn't that be up to the but that would be up to the people that well, because when you're making a show, you don't have to pick every issue and you can't pick every issue. It, it's different when you're doing the audiobook, I think, is what he's, you know, kind of oh. the situation he's in is he's talking about the audiobook. Yeah. I kind of wish this wasn't there because it would be better because it's not just. So volume two ends on this story that has no connection to the other 13 hours you've listened to and probably has no connection to the next volume that's coming because of where the next volume picks up. I guess that's what director's cuts are for, right? Because he created the thing and you would think that he could say, hey, let me just slice this off and put this over here on like, you know, the equivalent of whatever disc nine is. No one's listening to this on disc, I don't think, but you know, Spotify or whatever you're listening to on, um, maybe like curate it such a way where it's like put those filler issues and filler episodes at the end or as extra bonus materials. But maybe he doesn't have, maybe he doesn't have the right to do that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I just remember reading or listening to an article with him where he said there were parts of it that he just kind of was like, yep. Uh, no. But but I and would he did think that, that when he did the reissue of the art, the author's preferred text of American Gods, right? Because in the because his publisher in the original American Gods wanted more Jesus, and he wanted less Jesus, so he took Jesus pretty much out of the author's preferred text. He goes, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things where if you introduce Jesus, it kind of breaks it all. He's too right. powerful. He's too popular. You need gods that are less popular for this story to work. Right. But but some but that's probably someone's favorite issue out there too. So I mean Yeah, no, for sure. So like I said, it's just one of those things is interesting. If we're gonna define stuff as fan fiction or canon versus non canon, we really have to kind of start to define more strictly what those things mean. Well, if you've ever tried to break into writing, uh anyone out there, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, spec script. So that, you know, that takes on a whole different level because it would be like if I was like, hey, I really missed the office. I'm going to write a, a pilot for Kevin being like the greatest chili cook-off competitor in the world or whatever. And then is that canon or was it just a spec script or was it just a side project that I threw away in the trash and didn't want anyone to read? I mean, it exists somewhere out there, but in what realm does it exist and was it ever published? I think that's what you have to assess when you're talking about canon um but you know it, it's interesting how how much of a variant these things can be i mean so, have you ever thought about how somewhere out there there's a draft of the family matters pilot that that does not include steve urkel he could have been fanfic i, I think it <clears throat> you might have hit the point on um 
on how to define it, whether it's been published or not. I mean, I think that's the main way that we would know, because that's the only way that we would know it exists, unless you're on a subreddit, where it's like, hey, check out or my friend's fanfic. Like, or you're self-published. Then you run into yeah. the problem of self-publishing. Like, it's, like I said, it's we're in an era, and this is this is kind of where this is all going, right? We're in an era where more content than ever exists. Never before in the known universe has as much content existed as is being created right now. Yeah, why? Hence, hence the dog TV that would not exist if all this, <laughs> uh, all this stuff did not exist, right? I'm not I mean, sure dog TV actually exists outside of your brain and Brainy's internet. I'm gonna have to so, live stream it or do something. Look, We're gonna have to figure this out. <laughs> anyhow. But what, what I'm saying what? is is that it's we're coming to a point of critical mass where these definitions are going to have to become super clear, uh, especially in the industry we're in. Because, I you know, it's uh, Homestuck, when it first started, which is a, a manga series, was fan-made. And now it's published by a big public and distributed by a big distributor. Like, it's... Well. The the what I'm saying is is we're gonna have to start to define I think independent creation more clearly and separating it from fan fiction and then conversely separating canon from non canon in a in a much more clear way. And I, I still think it comes down to whether you had permission to write it or not. It, it absolutely boils down to that. Um because you know, if you had permission to write and publish it, then it's either canon or non-canon. If it, if you didn't have permission to do it, it's fan fiction. I know. I so I know a comic book author who wrote three scripts for Swamp Thing that never got published because of legal stuff. Okay. If that author were then to put those out there, he had permission to write them when he wrote them. They're non-canon, and they're never going to be published. But he doesn't have the right to release them. He does not have the right to publish them at all. What he, he can't, he could get them out there by just releasing it, and then at that point, it's fan fiction. According to my understanding, is that he could publish them. He could put them out there, like he could post the scripts online. He couldn't publish the art, but according to my understanding from him, he could publish the scripts. No, here, here's another question. He may not I don't be able think he could profit off of the scripts. And can he donate the scripts and the art to a charity? Yeah, I don't. I, that's that's all way too convoluted based on the conversation. I'm just saying it's because of how much is being created right now and how easy it is to create. The questions of what is what are going to get more and more murky. Because it's only a matter of time until somebody comes into your store looking for a Batman issue that, or a Batman story that's following what we would consider fan fiction or what we would consider non-canonical Batman writings. It's only a matter of time. So I, I just think it's, you know, it's an interesting time to be trying to clarify these definitions. I found uh, one sentence that simplifies and complicates it uh it says in fiction canon is the material accepted as officially part of the story in an individual universe of that story by its fan base 
So then you would have to go further and define what the fan base is. <laughs> but right. And where does headcanon fit and all that? Yeah. So. Right. So I don't know. And and then and then there's obviously stories that are canon that happen where it's people like denounce them over time, right? I mean, I think one of one of the most complicated stories to me, and it's probably because I do a birds of prey podcast and have uh, such a love for the character Oracle and Barbara Gordon, is uh, the Killing Joke, where people are like, "Okay, what do we do?" Or you know, it could be a problematic story that people just would rather be erased, or something people feel so strongly about. And the Killing Joke is all of those things. Like it's it's everything. <laughs> it sets the the yin and yang tone for Batman and the Joker, but then it also has the whole like fridging aspect of both Barbara and Jim Gordon. Uh, and it's, it's basically like everything that's right and wrong with comics all into one. So then you, so then you get into this like real like sticky realm of like, okay, well if the fan base can say, Hey, this written by this person over here that was not published is now Canon can they conversely say this that sold a bajillion copies in five different forms of trade paperbacks, hardcover, softcover, digital, whatever. We don't like this anymore, so let's just cut that out. <laughs> that, I think, exactly I think it creates a crazy, murky area. Miss Jen, what's your take? Which are we talking about dogs still? <laughs> no, we're talking about we're talking about canon and how how do you as a fan or especially someone that sells comic books to people like how how do you think it should be deemed what stories are part of that universe? I mean are we going to get really picky about it and say that anything that's not part of the main numbered storyline isn't canon so we don't count books that aren't tied into the main universe by number well, no because then we have issues uh, of annuals that do that um and what happens with something like secret wars where you know we get the black suit or venom uh, which goes well, right or spider-man super easy one is in batman you wouldn't have bane yeah yeah or, or like i just said the killing joke that was that was a graphic novel yes mm -hmm. But wait, why won't you have Bane and Batman? Because Bane's first appearance was in a one shot. Vengeance oh, of Bane, right? Yeah, Vengeance of Bane, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or how about Harley Quinn, who appears in a completely unrelated title? Actually, she she appears in a TV show first. Mm -hmm. So that, that's not even a comic book. So yeah, Bane. So yeah. So I mean, I think Canon until she appeared in when she Batman. appeared in issue twelve of Batman Adventures, or not even then, not until she appeared in the main book. When is she Canon? Um, I, I think we may have created another conundrum for our speculators to start at. You know? Well, well, the good news is that this episode of Nerd News Now will not be Canon, so we can just pretend <laughs> that we didn't hey. <laughs> open this can of worms. Hey, uh, Justin, there's your title for the show. Are we actually canon or not? the actually, one that's not in Canon? Well, well, actually, the title of the show could be Canon of Worms because that's what we've opened with this. <laughs> well played. <laughs> By the way, I'll just tell you guys since I'm—I know that the orders. Well, maybe the orders are already closed. 
but Brainy, uh, I I heard from Ron V today that uh, you should absolutely have issue number ten of Swamp Thing ordered. No, uh, no, those those closed yesterday, right? <sighs> because Swamp Thing is um, well, let's let's see when they'll close when they close that. Swamp Thing would be. Oh, go ahead. Shouldn't he have told us this beforehand? <laughs> well, just interviewed him today, so I couldn't have found out beforehand. Well, I mean, then, then the Todd I, father told everybody today that the gunslinger spot number three is going to have a brand new baddie. Yep, and of course, you know, it, it was like what a few hours before FOC closes, but still, he yep. did. Well, it's enough. Uh, but at least it, that helped, you know. It, I know I bumped up our numbers a little bit. Uh, just because I know our the two or three fans that pick up only one copy are going to mm. want at least two or three copies. So, and don't miss that Scouts uh, initials close today. No, they don't. Oh, they do, don't they? They do, and it's got recount number one third print, which just was announced today as being in development. Well, thank you for reminding me. I have to place my scout orders. So we should wrap up so Brainy can go back to work. No, no. Yeah, was, yeah. Was it is, is this part of the conversation, Canon? I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I needed to ask Kyle uh, his opinion on something, which I know it will be a very strong one. So here we go. Um, the one bit of news that happened today and slash overnight is that basically the ticket sales for No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, broke the internet. Uh, if you try to get tickets at midnight, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of the servers were down for like hours. And then later today, I saw a story on how people are scalping these tickets. So I know that Kyle lives near dead malls and this won't be a problem for him. But would any of you ever buy need to see a movie so bad in a the theater that you would buy tickets from a scalper? <laughs> no. I won't buy tickets from a scalper for stuff I desperately want to see that's like a one time. Yeah. I won't I, buy I scalp agree. tickets for WWE or AEW events. Right. So I'm definitely not going to buy tickets from a scalper to go see not my Spider-Man. Well, you're not going to go see Spider-Man. And if you do, it'll be in a dead mall and it'll probably be mostly for the snacks. And that's only after a few people tell you to go see it, which if I, I do, will it'll tell be you because someone it. is paying me to be there. Okay. Fair enough. Or holding me at gunpoint. Or threatening to kill someone I like. Or really any scenario <laughs> that could happen in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like would get me to see a Spider-Man movie. Right. So, you know, if the multiverse blows apart because, you know, Stephen Strange is not great at his job. And, you know, Dr. Octopus is threatening my family. I guess I'd go see it. I think that I really, really want for this movie at this point, for as much hype as it has, that it has to have the space balls moment, right? Where it literally has us looking at the screen and then looking back and we're on the screen because we're part of the multiverse too. Yeah. So, Miss Jen, all orders must be placed by Monday, November 30th. Okay. Which is uh, November 30th is tomorrow. That's, that's next today. year. You see it from next year. Yeah, yeah, till next year. There's no, a problem. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. No, 
No, you, you guys are fine. You have 366 days to place the order. Don't worry about it. No sweat. <laughs> What what do you do? What do you do when someone? Because obviously, like you're finding out about this now on the 29th, which is not the 30th, which is Monday, which isn't Tuesday. So would they accept it? Like because would you be able to go? Hey, I placed the order on the 30th because you said the 30th. Or would they be like, Oh no, you know how it's Monday, and you knew it was Monday when you ordered it on a Tuesday, and then you could just be like. But it's the the thirtieth. I mean, it would be like a nineteen twenties comedy routine going back and forth. But would they accept your order because they said the thirtieth? The the reality is is that Scout likes Brainy so much that he could come oh, on first okay. and be like, "I missed it." They'd be like, "All right, just send it in anyway." Wait, <laughs> is, well, is, there okay. another, is there another person named Brainy around here that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> um uh, it, well it was in a it was in a fan fiction we wrote um a multiverse episode where there was a different brainy who hates ice cream and churros and uh so it's not it's it, it doesn't have the canonicity uh, it's been voted on by the fan base that it wasn't canon so there's only one brainy now on I, I need to know now. which universe <laughs> this was because i want to go kill that brainy for not liking Churros and ice cream. <laughs> it's, actually his, uh, it's, it's actually that Brainy's kryptonite. That's why he hates it so much. But uh, no, so so that's a nut. Like Kyle has a very strong opinion about Spider-Man. Miss Jen, would you ever buy scalp tickets to a movie? You like going to the movies, or or would there be a movie that you would have to see that badly in the theater the day of? Uh, I'll give you an insight into my brain. Okay. If I if I really want to see something, I have like a I don't have a very good ability to like put off, you know, those positive like pleasure hits for my mm -hmm. brain. So, like I'll do dumb things like walk ten blocks in Chicago uh, at midnight to get to the Blockbuster to buy uh, the Titanic double vhs set which i still own sealed because i yeah open it so I, I i probably am an easy prey for that kind of stuff but i i can't imagine these day this day and age that there's not just a way that you could be like you know what i'm just gonna buy out a movie theater for 100 bucks sucks to be everybody else <laughs> i see uh, okay and i was told that yesterday talking to a friend who works in the theater in dallas but i don't think you could do that for spider-man because if, if these tickets are really selling at this rate to where they broke the internet i i can't see it being uh, a good financial option for theaters that have been struggling for what 18 months now i, I don't i can guarantee I, you you can run the theater for it for real, okay. Like, are oh, we talking whether about, you can like, rent it for a hundred bucks or not are, is like, right? No. It's right. It's you're gonna have to buy three hundred tickets or whatever. It oh, is. well, yeah. But like, but I think the days of renting a they'll theater they'll put on a special showing bucks. for you. Yeah, yeah. I, wish yeah. I, I mean, it'll be back to more. Jen. You did it for Deadpool, right? I, I will. I will tell you a truth. For my fiftieth birthday, which is now going to be my fifty-second birthday. We have rented out a theater of 99 seats for the Matrix release on Wednesday night at 7.20. That's like key opening night time. Yeah. And you can still um, rent a theater, the entire theater. And you have already booked a 
flight for me, I'm assuming, uh, a yeah. private jet. <laughs> invite. All invited. Come hang out with me. Once again, private jet. If you want, you can have him swing by and pick up Kyle, but have Kyle will be happy getting a ride off of um, <laughs> a U-Haul. But see, Kyle has the, the theater from the Dead Mall to himself, like, every day. So it'll be no different for him. I, so I've gone back there... Um three times and seen Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then I went another time to the theater, like the big busy theater, um, which was uh, pretty good. Uh, how not many, too crazy. How many other people there? More than 10, less than 10. Which, which time? Any time. If it's a dead uh, so mall, I don't expect anyone at, there. At the dead mall, the first night it was busy. That was opening night. Oh, okay. Uh, the second viewing was not as busy. The third viewing was busy because it was a Saturday. Because um, I went and saw it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then uh, yesterday we went to the regular mall. And it was... Uh, I would guess maybe 100 people. Okay, that's a lot of people, though. Not, but in a theater for seat for that would seat four hundred. Oh, okay, yeah. Like not, not super. You know, um, what I'm looking for. Not super busy. Yeah. Uh, Miss Jen. Mm -hmm. This is a very tough scout order to place. There are a lot of good titles this month. Yep. And the the title boxes and yep. stuff. And do you have a Space Cousin exclusive that I should be looking out for? Actually, I, I told them that I, especially for books like this, I have a hard time selling uh, variants. I do much better at just selling cover A. Right so I just yeah. put for a hundred of those. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, didn't mean to derail the conversation again. Oh no, I did that myself like an hour ago. It's fine. <laughs> um, any books this week of note? Uh, oh man, I forgot we're still in a week of. Uh... Are we actually getting Venom number two this week? There's it, the release dates are so messed up on so many things. Let me see. I do not have it on my this week. Uh, I don't have it on the invoice. All right. So this week, uh, there's a ton of annuals. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh, and two different Archie Christmas specials. Um, you have Batman 2021 annual. Fear uh, Batman Fear State Omega number one. Yep. Um, Animal do, Castle do, number one comes out too. Yes. So, like, if are we going to talk about books that I care about, or do we want to talk about the big books? No, let's talk about everything. Both. Animal Castle number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dark Blood number five. I'm excited about. That's been very good. Um, there's another Dark Hold Black Bolt book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can imagine. So I. Uh, I the dark cold stuff 
it's it's awesome. All of them are like what if books, but in the darkest possible versions of those characters. They're amazing. For which one? For Darkhold. Hmm. They're all single shots, not tied to each other, just the darkest possible what if you can imagine. Well, I need the Black Bolt one then. I want him to just like open his mouth and just destroy all the universe. (laughs) Is that this week or is that just coming out later? That Black Bolt on the list of release this week. Yeah. I I don't see it on mine. Huh. Oh, you know what? Because we don't have any. uh... Hold on a second. So apparently, yeah, Brady, why don't any... you just use the list the rest of us are using? <laughs> because I, I use a list that actually matters to me. It's the stuff that I'm paying well, for. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but at this point, do you actually know what you're paying for anymore, really? That, that is absolutely true. But, you know, apparently we didn't get any of our invoices from uh, Penguin House this week. We received the product, but we didn't receive any invoices. So you also have the death of Doctor Strange Spider-Man, number one, and the death of Doctor Strange White Fox, number one. Because uh, if you're going to kill Doctor Strange, you definitely need White Fox. Uh, Detective Annual, Detective Comics Annual. Uh, Evil Ernie, number one. The return of Evil Ernie from Dynamite Comics. Uh, Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant, number one. Um, from Black Mask, uh, Hecate's Will which I'm very excited for. That looks crazy good. Um, Hell Cop number two. I really liked Hell Cop number one. Um, from AWA, Hotel Volume 2 number one. Um, King of Spies from Image Comics. Uh, that is... I'm trying to remember who wrote that because I was going to try and book that person on the Gen Show and I'm like, oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, it's Mark Millar. Oh, let me know next time I'll message him. Well, it was one of those things is it's yesterday, and I'm going, I don't think I can get Mark Millar on 12, no. 12 hours notice. I need to know more than that, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, it was Mateo Scalera art, which is what I'm really excited about. Ooh. I love his art. Uh, from Scout Comics to King's Vengeance, number one. Uh, the last session from... Uh, um, Mad Cave, which is a D&D kind of story. Uh, there have been a lot of these D&D kind of stories coming out lately mm-hmm. um, that are... Uh, the Stranger Things advent? I'm sorry? Do you think it's because of the Stranger Things kind of trend? I just think it's because people are back to playing D&D after a year and a half or two year pandemic where they couldn't get together and play. Maybe so. Like... Worse, I'm I'm in the midst of being invited to about 20 different D&D playgroups right now. Oh, my goodness. Just because everybody who I used to kind of play with a little bit, well, or who used to have, you know, events in my shop before the pandemic, are like, hey, we're starting a new group. Do you want in? No, of course. I don't. <laughs> I would love to, but who has the time? Uh, Lunar Room, number one, from Vault. Uh, Maniac of New York, The Bronx is Burning, number one, from Aftershock. Hold on. Uh, 
And speaking of the killing joke, uh, I'm going to have to get this Joker annual number one. Because this takes place during Commissioner Gordon's first year. So when James Gordon has been made commissioner and the Batgirl has been taken under the wing of Batman and the Joker picks his moment to unleash hell. So that one sounds cool. I hope annuals have good stories. Oh. Oh. Sexy. That's pretty. This is this is the coolest ambassador variant they've done. Mm-hmm. Show it again, show it again, show it again. Fuck. It's pretty. Almost as pretty I as I who, am. I don't even know who did the art on it, to be honest. There was uh the, there was no exact announcement. Oh, it's Dan Pinojian cover. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Mm, Nightwing Annual number one. No holds. This is a book I wish I would have known about because I would have I would have tried to book this person on uh, Miss Jen's show or mm-hmm. something. No holds barred. Eric Glad Eric Gladstone and Gabriel Kari. That's from yeah. Behemoth. That's right. Uh, when Queen Elizabeth I is kidnapped, only the dramatic duo of William Shakespeare and William Page <laughs> in their superhero alter egos, the Bard and Page, can save her. Written in iambic pentameter, No Holds Bard is a throwback comedy adventure 400 years in the making. Gail Simone says, brilliantly written, gorgeously illustrated. This is why I'm in love with comics. Uh, and then... They had me at... Shakespearean language. <laughs> and then uh, this is the other one, and I actually um, she reached out to Jen and Brainy trying to figure out who knows this person. But uh, Odin's Eye, number one from Bad Idea. It's a weekly, I guess, five um, parts in December. That, that's going to be delayed. Yep. It might be. No, it is. <laughs> I, I don't have that information, but it's on the list of things that are supposed to be out this week. It's bad idea week, but it's other bad idea. Well, because then there's uh, there's another there's another one shot from them. Yeah. The also, rock. if they're going to be trying done by the end of the year, then they're going to have trouble if they're delaying a book. They're not. I think they're going to go through February. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, uh, Sir Edward Gray. Uh. Everybody says this word different. I know it as Acheron, but I think it's Acheron. Uh, it's a dark horse, Mike Mignola, from the pages of Hellboy book. There's a lot of stuff to read this week, man. There's yeah, this this. is a big pull this week for me. Oh, Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, number one. Which looks insanely good. Um, it's it's Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Phil Jimenez. Um, Kelly! It's the history of the Amazons. 
long before you get, you know, Wonder Woman, you get a bunch of other people, and this is that story. So, um, let's see. Uh, that's all the that's all the books that I had any remote interest in. Rum V's second Venom book comes out. That's what I'm interested in. Oh, and by the way, Rom also said very clearly that because it's him and uh, Epton and uh, Ewing, it's going to be there's never going to be an issue where there's not something really important going on. You know, normally it's just like, oh, issue two is going to be big. He's like, because of that, because it's the two writers, there's they're always trying to one up each other. You know, that, that's um, that's a good marketing for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything else to wrap up the week? Yeah, who did? Who watched uh, Masters of the Universe? I haven't watched it yet, but I also haven't heard anyone complain about it yet. I was wondering if it's going to be one of those things where it ends up doing what all the people violently complaining about it online wanted it to do, so now they don't know what to say or think. You mean uh, have uh, He-Man show up? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, but I mean, we we had talked about that, but like, if it serves a greater purpose, like it it's all it's called Masters of the Universe, and I get I get that He Man was the central focus of that in the '80s, but there's also been, speaking of canon, there's also been other iterations of the series that have done a lot for, uh, the secondary and tertiary characters. So that's who I was most interested in anyway. And while I don't agree with all of the character choices that he was doing the the overall concept of letting uh you know what happens to the masters of the universe when the guy whose you know name was in the title credits isn't around for a few episodes uh i was highly intrigued by that and cannot wait to watch the uh last few episodes so i take it you've seen it i have i you know that's one of the shows i've been standing um it, it's worth it's worthwhile I think they do the Thundercats show up. Oh, I'm not so. gonna reveal that. I hope so. <laughs> if the Thundercats show up, I might watch. If not, Kyle, I'll send you my fanfic when oh, when okay. the Thundercats go to Eternia. It's uh, either the Thundercats or the Snorks have to show up. Those are my those are my rules. Oh, the no, snorks. no Snorks, but I'm not gonna say anything about Thundercats. Um. You'll Actually, the get along the get along gang comes in and saves the day. Who are the banana splits? Or the shirt tails? <laughs> but, uh, are we I'll just going to name Hannah Barbera cartoons now, Mark? <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jabberjaw. All right. One thing I will say for the show, it did legitimize a few of the the secondary characters in the the old uh, TV shows. So you know, it it gives some of the characters a little bit of backstory as well. Yeah. And, you know, some of the silly characters aren't silly anymore. He's talking about Orko. Uh, Orko died in the first season, which I'm sure y'all watched. So. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone was actually dead. So I'll see. Uh, now, well, see, now I'm conflicted. 
when when we're done with this in a few minutes, do I immediately start watching He Man or do I immediately start watching Saved by the Bell? Because I gotta see, <laughs> I have to see if Showgirls is canon in in, in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> no, I have to watch Saved Am by I the, the only Bell. Per- just... Go ahead, Miss Jen. Am I the only person watching Cowboy Bebop? Oh, I already finished that. Yeah, I I, yeah, I watched that last week. <laughs> um. So, you know, this week, and honestly, because of everything, I lazied out. I, I watched a lot of shows. That's good. Yeah, it, to some extent, yes. It, yeah, I mean, you, you can overbend, sure. I started selling some of my personal collection on uh, Facebook as well. My wife's like, hey, I have spending money this I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I'm still like loaded up on tryptophan though. So I do want to point out, guys, and there is something we're doing wrong. When what? dog TV can charge people eleven ninety nine, <laughs> and we're providing a much better content for free. <laughs> we're doing something wrong. I, I think we need to link up with. The, I mean, dogs can read comics too, right? Maybe. Um, I mean, they, dog TV probably thinks they can. They can solve crime. Yeah, of course they can. Uh, they can uh, become army people if you ever read We Three. Uh, if you guys didn't read We Three, you should read that. It's a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to think about my gruff, the crime dog, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we Three dogs and stray dogs. We Three is so intense, though. It is. It definitely is. It's not. It's not for the. For for anyone really, anyone that likes animals, don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. It's like, Grant, it's like Grant Morrison's version of Plague Dogs, right? I mean, that's what it is. It's like if Richard Adams wrote comics. <laughs> okay. Have you ever, are you familiar with Plague Dogs? Plague Dogs no, is basically, gotta... okay, so Plague Dogs is the follow-up to Watership Down. So it's basically uh, very similar in that dogs break out of a lab um, that they were being experimented on with the plague, and then you know, in typical Richard Adams, you know, fashion, it's basically man versus nature versus animals. Yeah, you're right. That's that's grand. And you're about to say something, Kyle? No. <laughs> Long pause, man. <laughs> I was trying to remember if I, I if I was going to say something or not. And now I don't remember. And I had moved on to other things in my head. And by the way, I'm now to Desert Rose by Sting. Thank you. I enjoyed that song, man. It was a great dance song. <laughs> I understand, but I don't know the lyrics for the uh, the uvulation part. Uh-huh. Um, are there lyrics? <laughs> I, I'm sure there are, but all I hear is don't do I'm it. not going to say it. what I hear. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, that, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'll tell Brainy this. This is this is the thing that maybe only two people in this conversation will understand is something that I won't. That came to me yesterday, and I spent four hours proving. So, but uh, the last um, run from Creep, you know, the the breakdown where he goes and I run, run, run. Uh, the last run is the same note as the beginning of Blue, 
um, for, by uh, uh, Blue. Um, Blue, uh, Blue, 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 no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 um, no. <laughs> Blue by Leanne Rhymes. So those songs really? can seamlessly transition without a key change. Really? Yes. It took me four hours to prove it, but it's true. That is, uh, that is interesting. If if you, I wonder if you can link like ten songs like that and put it on an album. Uh, well, if you if you know Pac Bell's Canon in D minor, oh, you can link like two thirds of popular still? music. No, now, that song back, is called Pac Bell's Canon in D. Back to Canon. Uh, but if you know that go. song, you can link like half of the number one hits of all time together. So. There so you're saying Lee, so so is Leanne Rhymes Canon with Radiohead's. Um. <laughs> only, only if you're a DJ with a really twisted sense. Of oh man, okay. I, I think I think uh, I was trying to say that I need to do a Leanne Rhymes and a Creep mashup. Please don't, please don't. But remember, well, you spent four hours because, it. Well, just because I had to get it out of my head. But the right. thing about it is, is Brainy is remember that that part ends in a different key from the rest of the song there's a key change in that that breakout session yes. that breakout and creep which gets them to the key from blue whereas the rest of the song is not in that key you know I, i'm curious to find out what keys that's you're right because they do change the key towards the end of the song mm -hmm. all right i, I gotta experiment this i'll, I'll look yep. into it yep see and the only two people who know are bringing me just for well, the record this is by far the furthest off the path we've traveled <laughs> this will definitely not be canon but i appreciate it uh more than i believe dog tv oh th th this is gone yeah i would say yes miss jen i would say talking about food is way more on track with nerd news now than talking about how leanne rhymes song could be added to the playlist of the bends by radiohead for sure you know here's the thing do the dogs Hear the key. Oh. I'm sorry. No, no, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Because now I'm gonna go have to go and I'm gonna have to go and play them both into Pro Tools and turn the whole thing into a dog whistle and just see what happens to the neighbor dogs. Uh, so what was what was the decision? Am I watching Saved by the Bell, Masters of the Universe, or Dog TV? Ted Lasso. <laughs> Masters of I, the Universe. I mean, Ted Lasso would be the best choice for me. Yeah. I'm going to wait till the next season to watch it all over again. What, uh, Dog TV or Ted Lasso? <laughs> I, I think I'll wait till you buy the subscription of Dog TV to see whether it's worth it for me to get it. Oh, boy. Um, but I'd, I'd recommend Masters of the Universe. It's, um, it's only, what, six episodes? Yeah, five or six, probably. Yeah. Two, or, two or three hours of your time. And it's not going to make me mad because the first half didn't make me mad like it did a lot of people. So I'm, I'm just interested to see where he's taking it. Um, there, there are a few things I, I question. I'm like, why do that route, and why aren't you defining why you did that route? Yeah, but um, you know, you know, what we didn't talk about today. <laughs> what is that? a whole lot of stuff, but what specifically? Hawkeye. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's. I had a whole rant prepared on how Hawkeye's terrible. Oh, oh boy, can we? Can we? Can we save that? Let's save that for next week. At least get yeah. a third well, episode in because and and. But I had I had a solution. More pizza dog, right? More pizza dog. A hundred a hundred thousand percent more pizza dog. 
But also, yeah. um, don't make the first episode two episodes, and it's actually a way better episode. Yeah, because it runs Watch them back to back, with... and it's way stronger yes. than if you watch them separately like I did. No, you're, you're oh, right yeah, because the, the key change goes straight into Leanne Rhymes Blue, right? And it just works perfect. Now, here's a question for you, Kyle. Can we take mm-hmm. the theme of Hawkeye and make it match Leanne Rhymes Blue? <laughs> uh, only if it's uh, the theme from MASH, which is another show featuring a Hawkeye. <laughs> oh. And you know what? It would it might be the same key as well, because back then they did use pop songs for theme theme songs. Please don't try to compare Alan Alda to Jeremy Renner right now. That's the one thing. I bet you there's a lot of Mash fanfic out there, and is it canon? We'll never know. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> this post holiday edition. <laughs> oh, there it is now. Yeah, uh, Kyle. No, what? What's going uh, on now? No. I, I think oh. Kyle's sitting there contemplating whether the songs actually. <laughs> they're about they're it not. For sure. Did he, you really sit there and try to figure out what's about it? Yeah, I figured it out, and they're not in the same. They're not close. But yeah, so. You'd have to make one of them minor. So so let's wait. Let's wait for episode three, at least, of Hawkeye. And then, because uh, I, I have a lot of positive stuff to say about it. And Kyle may or may not have a lot of negative stuff to say about it, depending on if he watches it. Uh, I, I've been saying time. I've been saying since it started, the first two episodes were very meh, but it had a lot of potential. OK, so so we'll wait for episode three and, yeah. and that'll be halfway through the season already anyway. Which is this Wednesday or Friday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be on Wednesday. Uh, but thank you to Kyle Brainy and Miss Jen for this post Thanksgiving episode of Nerd News Now and thank you for watching Nerd News Now part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection check out their other shows on Woodlands Online like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Song and much more you can watch all these on Woodlands Online and our partner station KVQT HD 21 over there on your television all for free, no dog TV subscription, no $60 for Kent Burns Baseball on PBS. Absolutely free. All these shows are more on Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup, and you can listen to the podcast versions of our show and others on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now. <laughs>